This is the Wife Wisdom Podcast with Christy Little-Jones of MrsChristyJones.com, episode number 10. How many of you would have loved to have a cheat sheet, a checklist, or some prerequisite classes <laughs> that prepared you, warned you, and prepped you for what marriage was going to really be like before you got married? Well, single ladies preparing for marriage, take good notes. And married ladies, it's not too late to make a shift in your mindset, action, or behavior if necessary. Up next on the Wife Wisdom Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Wife Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Little-Jones. I'm a relationship coach, a marriage and family champion, and the chief cheerleader for women all over the world. My heart is to share my experiences and many lessons that I have learned about life, about being a wife, and the many adventures in marriage. So each week on the show, we will have real conversations intended to help cultivate your heart as a wife by preparing you to be a wife, becoming a better wife, and staying encouraged as a wife. I am really, really excited about today's topic. Can you imagine how different your response would be to the experiences that you have had in marriage if you knew they were coming? Honey, I know single ladies, you may not know what I'm talking about just yet, but trust me, this episode will be your go-to blueprint. So let's jump into today's podcast. Today, I am going to give you the top 20 things. Yes, I did say 20. (laughs) The top 20 things I wish I knew before I got married. Yes. Can you say hashtag winning? You can thank me later by sending this to every single woman that you know who is married or who wants to get married. You're welcome. (laughs) So number one, the very first thing I wish I knew before I got married was know your identity. Oh my gosh, ladies, this is so big. This is so big. Who are you? So many women think that men want them to be and act a certain way. So they, people please, they form into these women that they think that they're, man wants. But no, 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 no. Men are attracted to you for you, your personality, your swag, your quirky ways. So don't change who you are in order to try to win anyone over. Why? Because it's not sustainable. Two, it's not genuine. It's not sincere. It's not who God created you to be. And if the man that you are dating or that you want to be married to, if they don't love you for you, the genuine draws down, just raw you, flaws and all, guess what? They're really not meant for you. So you know what that means? Keep it moving, sister. Keep it moving because there is a man out there who is going to be fully attracted to, who will fully love and adore and embrace and pursue and and honor and just protect. And he will do all of this 
for you, the real you. So it's so important to know who God has created you to be first before you get married. Because let me tell you what happens when you discover who you are along the way in marriage. Hello, it is a an eye-opening and can be <laughs> maybe traumatic experience for your man. You know why? Because he thinks he married this woman who you might've been people pleasing to be, or you may have been, you know, it may not be the genuine you. It will not last because there will come a time when you are exhausted. Trust me, I am a recovered people pleaser. So you do not want to be someone you think that he wants you to be. Be just genuinely who you are. God made you for a reason. So this is number one, know your identity. Number two, be comfortable and confident. One of the things I have done a lot of research, I've done a lot of webinars for husbands. One of them was called the husband hookup. Yes, they loved it. And it's so, it's amazing. It does not matter how old, how old your man is, your husband. It does not matter his race, his color, his social economic status. It does not matter. One of the things that all men love is a confident woman, confident in who they are. So number two is be comfortable and confident. Be comfortable and confident in your skin. Be comfortable and confident in your the your signature ways. What is it that makes you you? What is it that makes you who God has created you to be? Be comfortable in them. Be confident. Embrace them. Step in them. Walk in them. This is a big deal for men. And again, confidence is not to be confused with arrogance or bouginess. Is that a word? <laughs> or entitlement. This is, it's just, you are confident. You walk in the room, you are wearing dripping, right? You are wearing something bad and you just, people just know you are, you are sure about who you are and you don't make excuses for it. You do not apologize for it. Confidence, be comfortable and confident. Number two. Number three, one of my favorite, celebrate your sparkle. Yes, you know what you are good at. Be proud of it. Do not shy away from it and from what you are good at. Stand in your power and own your gift. When you celebrate you, guess what? You give permission to everyone else around you to celebrate themselves, but you also Others will celebrate you too when you celebrate your sparkle. Let me tell you one of the things that I thought was really interesting that now that I'm a lot older is growing up, I was always very happy, joyful, excited, positive. And it's interesting because people used to think that I was fake. People used to think that, oh, this is an act. And it wasn't until after they really got to know me for any length of time that they realized, oh, she really is like this. She really is positive. She really does see, give people the benefit of the doubt. She really does see the good in people. Like this is just naturally who she is. And it wasn't until probably college that I realized, you know what? I'm not going to apologize or shrink back from 
who I am. This is who I am. So celebrate your sparkle. Number That's number three. Number four, stay in your lane. I'm going to repeat that. Stay, stay in your lane. Ladies, you don't have to know everything and that's okay. You don't have to know everything. You know, I think that oftentimes women feel this unspoken pressure to know it all especially when during dating and even in marriage, you know, when you have kids, when you're married, you just want to be the really the best wife ever. So you, you put this unnecessary pressure on yourself to know everything. No one expects you to know everything, especially your man. So you don't have to pretend to be perfect. You don't have to be pretend that your hair looks like you just walked out of the hair salon as soon as you wake up in the morning. (laughs) You do not have to pretend. In fact, when your man knows that you're not perfect, it really creates more of of an emotional intimacy in the relationship because guess what? It gives him permission not to be perfect. So then he doesn't have to be perfect. And can I just let you in on a secret that I did not realize until I was probably almost 40, but do you know that perfection doesn't exist? Jesus is the only thing that's perfect. So if you are striving for perfection, if you're striving to be perfect, you will always miss the mark. And I, like I said earlier, I am a recovered people pleaser. I am an, a, I was an overachiever. A, I was striving to be a perfectionist because I thought that's that it existed one, but I really thought that that's what my parents wanted. That's what my teachers wanted. My friends wanted, they wanted this perfect Christie and it does not exist. It can never exist because if I was ever perfect or if you could ever be perfect, then God would be unnecessary, right? He would be unnecessary. So it doesn't exist. So please Give, free yourself, free yourself from that burden of thinking that you need to be perfect because it does not exist. So number four, stay in your lane. Number five, we're talking about the top 20 things that I wish I knew before I got married. So number five, got control issues. <laughs> Learn to stop controlling everything and everyone. I'm going to say that again. Learn to stop controlling everything and everyone because a man likes to be a man. So let him. God created him to be a man. Do not take his position. Do not take over his role. Do not, you know, just make him feel unnecessary and unneeded because he is. So God created him to be a man. So stop trying to control him. Stop trying to control what he does, how he does it, what he says, how he says it, what he thinks, how he thinks it. Just let him be. Let him be. I'm telling you, this will will give you so much peace back because you cannot control him. You cannot control everything. So this was a big issue for me. Yes, (laughs) I'll admit it. Um, I had some control issues and mm, there may be a little bit more in there that I need to still work on, but I'm working on it. I'm not perfect. I told you guys that, right? So I am still working through some of my control issues. And those of you who 
like to control things, trust me, it's tough, right? It's tough to just allow your man. This was a bit, this was a glaring issue for me, a glaring flaw of mine, especially when I had my babies because I wanted things to be done so perfectly and I wanted them to be done like this. And I remember when I first came home with, I can't remember, I had three babies in three and a half years. So a lot of times when I'm talking about my children, it's a blur. So I came home and I had heard these negative things about your your children, you know, having pacifiers that it can mess up their teeth. And I'm a big teeth person guys. And so it can mess up their teeth and it became, they would become too dependent on it. And so I literally come home from the hospital. My husband and my sister Kira are, um, they're trying to help me. And I think it was Skye, my daughter, my first. Um, I think it was her. And she was crying and crying. And I'm trying to nurse her. And I'm trying to console her. And they're trying to help me. <laughs> I remember this like this was yesterday. And so I think one of them tried to give her a pacifier. And I was like, no, no, no. Don't give her the pacifier. Well, clearly, um, I still, my hormones were all over the place. However, you know, I was trying to control everything. Now, had I known what I know now, I'd have given her the daggone pacifier. So, you know, stop trying to control everything. Really, relax. It's okay. You know, there are going to be some things about your man, your husband, that you don't like. There are going to be things that he does that totally get on your nerves. Well, guess what? There are going to be things that you do too that get on his nerves. There are going to be things that you do or you say or the way you do things that totally get on his his nerves. But what's interesting about it is a lot of times guys, they're like, okay, they really learn to to master that whole peace thing because that's what they want. They want peace. So if you, you know, my, one of my husband um, or my husband, one of the things that my husband says gets on his nerves is he says that I drip all the time. So when I'm washing dishes or I'm, or I'm, you know, uh, making dinner, I don't dry my hands off. So I kind of just drip all over the place. Oh my gosh, this thing are like nails on the chalkboard. He cannot stand it. So it's super funny that um, that is one of the things that bothers him, but he mentioned it. You know, I didn't really change it because my mom does it. My sister does it. It's just kind of what we do. And, you know, he let it go. It is what it is. He's like, oh, that's just who she is. And if if it bothers him, he'll give me a towel, a paper towel (laughs) or a napkin. So do not stop controlling everything and everyone. Number five. Number six, you attract who you are. This is really key. I have worked with numerous, numerous women, single women who want to get married, married women who are fighting for their marriage, married women who just are struggling even in marriage. And so one of the things that I wish that I knew before I got married was that I attract who I am presently, right now, today. So if I am, you know, really struggling in my finances and, or if I'm really negative or if I'm judgmental or if I'm controlling, guess what? I'm attracting a man who is like that. I'm attracting a man who is negative. I'm attracting a man who's controlling. I'm attracting a man who is, you know, struggling in his finances. Hello, this is big. 
the energy literally that you are, you, who you are and what you are manifesting in who you are right now, this is what you are attracting. So this may be an aha moment for many of you because you are like, if you're asking yourself, why am I, why do I always attract these kind of men? Don't look at the men. I need you to look at you. What is going on in you? So one, some of the things that I'm suggesting to you to do is write a list, write a list of your non-negotiables in your man. What is it that are non-negotiables or the, another way to say it? What is it that you want and that you desire in your husband? What is it that you want? Put, can you put a check mark by all of those things that are on the list and can you apply them to you? So if you want a man who is smart, who is, his body is banging, he's in shape, he's health conscious, he's financially stable, he has a good job, he loves his family, um, do you do all those things? <laughs> are you smart? Are you in shape? Is your, are you, is your health and fitness a priority? Are you financially stable? Do you have a good job? Do you love your family? So you want to be really, really honest about this, guys, because you will manifest what you think about. You will manifest who you are. You will attract those people to you. When you're positive, you attract positive people to you. When you're negative and you're a gossiper, guess what? You attract those people to you. So this is number six. You attract who you are. Number seven. Ooh, this is a big one. Be honest about your debt. Be honest about your debt because debt can end a marriage quickly. I'm sure you already know that communication, finances, and sex are the three big um, issues that can cause a marriage to unravel at the seams very, very quickly. Marriage is already a challenge. So you don't want to go into marriage with unnecessary financial stressors. And so it's really important for you to get a handle on your debt. If you are not married, get a handle on your debt, have a plan to get rid of your debt, find another job, create an additional stream of income, whatever it is you need to do, try to pay that debt off before you get married. Now, if you have debt and you are already married, then um, you can still do the same thing. Make a commitment to be honest about your debt together. Do what you need to do to get rid of that debt quickly because financial pressure on a marriage is can be debilitating. It can really... Um, really, it could be the demise of a marriage. And unless you are, unless the two of you really have a really strong relationship and commitment to the, the covenant of your marriage, it's going to take its toll. Trust me, I have been there, done that. So be honest about your debt and do whatever you need to do to get rid of it. Number seven. Number eight, increase your fun factor. Now, do you remember... That you're, when your husband is taking you out, you guys are having fun. He is, the, the date nights are just off the chain. Well, men like women, they like to be around. Men like women, they like being around. So if you're somebody who catches an attitude really easily over the littlest things, 
then you ladies, you really need to work on this to increase your fun factor. Everything does not have to be so heavy. Everything does not have to be such a big deal. Increase your fun factor because your man, if he was attracted to you and he wants to be around you, it's because he likes being around you. But if you start you know, catching an attitude really quickly for the littlest things. And, you know, you start becoming irritated quickly. He's not going to want to be around you. And so when you get mad or upset or offended, does everyone around you know that something is wrong with you because of your attitude? If so, sister, you need to up your fun factor fast fast, like quick, fast in a hurry. So learn to keep it light. Learn to keep the relationship fun and engaging. Do things that you guys love to do together. And it's not all about you. So keep it fun. I remember when I I was first dating my husband, he loved car shows. He took me to, we drove, I think it was like 15 hours to a car show in Florida, Sarasota, Florida. And it was all day long. He had the little Swiffer cleaning off his car. And it was, ladies, I could have been like (sighs) totally bored, right? But this was fun for him. So I got excited. I asked to start asking him questions about wheels and, you know, different cars. And he just, it loved being engaged. All right. He loved the fact that I was engaging him in something that he loved. So guess what that meant? (laughs) We were going to a lot of car shows. Yay. So increase your fun factor because men like to be, they like women that they like being around. Number nine, get your emotions in check. Whoo. Are you emotional? Do you know you're an emotional roller coaster in your relationships? And this doesn't even have to be with your man. This can be with your girlfriends. This can be with your parents, your family. So men run away as fast as possible from women who are emotional ticking time bombs. Men like knowing who they are going to get on a consistent basis. Your husband likes knowing who he is going to get on a consistent basis. If you are all over the place with your emotions all the time, every day, throughout the day, I'm sorry to break the news to you, sister, but you need to work on your behavior and your actions ASAP. Or else singleness, singlehood may become permanent. It may become, you may find yourself single really quickly if your emotions are all over the place because no one wants to be around emotional drama. No one wants to be around that. It really screams, I am unstable. That's what it screams. I am unstable. And um, one of the things that men love, they love, they want, um, they want what's, what they know They want to be set up for success. So if they know, okay, I'm going to get this. When I come home, I'm going to get this. Okay, yeah, you may have bad days here and there, but it's not going to be such an outlier. It's not going to, the pendulum isn't going to swing so drastically all the time, every day where they're like, oh, oh." like literally they're like a deer in headlights because they're scared to even approach you or engage with you because they don't know what they're going to get. You definitely don't want that. So that's number nine, get your emotions in check. Number 10, become a safe place. 
whoo, I learned this probably about four years into my marriage because, you know, we've always heard that men go out to work and conquer the day. And then when they come home, they want to come home to peace, to love and a safe place. However, you know, life happens. And so it is you as a wife are in position to create that safe place. So are you a safe place for your family and your friends? Are you a safe place for your husband? Are you, are you a safe place for your children? Are you a good listener? Can you listen without interrupting them? Do you allow them to finish what they're saying before you want to offer advice or encouragement or support? Are, or do you talk all the time? Do you, are you the center of every single conversation? Do you talk too much? Do you need to be heard all the time? This is, this is a, where's my bell? Ding, 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 ding. This right here, this tip, ladies, if you can master this, if you can learn what a safe place looks like to your man, if you can create a safe place without judgment, without criticism, without nagging, without needing to share your opinion all the time, and you can become that safe place for your man, watch. I just want you to watch how he will become vulnerable, how he will open up emotionally, how he will want to engage with you, have conversations with you. And, and literally it, this creates this beautiful level of, of emotional intimacy that we all want, right? All of us ladies want this with our husbands. It will create this beautiful relationship because you've created a safe place for him. Now, a safe place isn't the same for everyone. A safe place for your husband is not going to be the same kind of safe place for your son or your daughter or your best friend. But what it is, is it's safe. It's non-judgmental. It is unconditional love. It is um, wanting the very best for them genuinely and they feel it heart to heart. That is creating a safe place. So become a safe place for your husband, for your boyfriend, for your fiance. Become a safe place. Number 11, practice serving others. When you get married, you are going to have to do things every single day. Every day, every day, every day, every day, (laughs) every day that you do not feel like doing oh my goodness, you are going to have to learn how to become unselfish. Marriage is going to teach you this. And if marriage doesn't teach you, parenting will. Unselfishness. The best way to learn unselfishness is to serve, is to serve, is to serve more, is to serve more and more and more. And so who can you give to today? This must become a very genuine, sincere action and a a sincere behavior to really want to give to someone else to really better their lives, to better their circumstances, you know, and, or else you're going to have a hard time sustaining the true sacrificial nature of marriage. If serving is hard for you. And if you are single and you may not know you're selfish, but you don't really want to serve, This is an area that I would really put some effort into, you know, go serve, volunteer, really start practicing learning how to serve because this is going to be key for you in, in marriage. You are going to have to 
learn how to serve first without him serving first. You've got to be the one to serve first. Yeah, you may not want to, but guess what? This is what you're going to have to do in order to sustain and to create a safe place to really want to create um, that beautiful exchange in marriage is really learning how to serve when you don't feel like it every day. Number 12, examine your heart. When you really look at your heart, what do you see? Do you always want your way? Are you passive aggressive? Do you manipulate others by pulling your love away from them if you don't get what you want? Do you argue until your point is made or until you win? Do you always need to be right? If so, sister, you have some heart work to do that needs to be done before you can even think about getting married. Your heart is this thing, this, your heart is what you're going to have to really work on before you get married. Even if you're in marriage and you're married already and you know, marriage is not going well, examine your heart. This is where the rubber meets the road, ladies. So look at your heart. What are your intentions? What do you see? Is if you are honest with yourself and you can really address some of the things that are coming up out of you, you know, are you angry all the time? Are you offended at the drop of the hat? Are you constantly feeling like he should do something? Oh, he should have done this. He should have done that. Well, if he really loved me, he would have done this. What's really coming up for you out of your heart? Because if it's not something that you would like, if you would not, if you really flip it and, and, and the things that are coming out of you, what if they were coming out of your husband? What if they were coming out of your boyfriend? Would you want him to think those things about you that you think about him? Examine your heart. Number 12. Number 13, practice forgiveness. Oh, this is huge. This is huge, huge, huge. This is like creating a safe place. This is like knowing your identity, practicing forgiveness. This one right here, this is non-negotiable. If you want to be married, you will be offended. I'm going to tell you now, you're going to get offended. Your, your husband's going to offend you. I know I, I was there where I thought, oh my gosh, I'm in love. I'm in love. And we're going to be in love the rest of our lives. Um, no, that's not what happened where he, that in love, you know, the butterflies, you know, you can't, when he calls you, your heart skips a beat and you know, you you can't wait to see him when you're around him. It's like, oh, you just want to lay on his chest and you know, the, the rest of the world disappears, right? That in love feeling that I know you guys experience. So practice forgiveness, forgiving someone who has hurt or offended you is one of the hardest things to do because most people think that they will feel like forgiving. You will never feel like forgiving someone who hurt you. You will never feel like forgiving someone who offended you. Forgiveness is a decision. Forgiveness is a gift that you have to give the person that caused you the, the offense. True forgiveness doesn't need to punish the offender. True forgiveness doesn't need to punish the offender. This is an aha. 
right? So if you're still feeling like you want to punish someone for something that they did that caused you pain, that has hurt you, that has offended you, if you still want some, you still want someone to experience, you know, oh, well, they hurt me, so they deserve or they should feel, if you're still feeling that, if you're still like having those self-talk conversations about someone who has offended you, it doesn't matter who it is, you have not truly forgiven. So this is another heart issue. So check your heart because mastering the art of forgiveness is a must. It is a must before marriage. If you cannot forgive you're going to struggle. You're going to have a hard time in your marriage because you will have, you're going to have to forgive 77 times seven over and over and over and over and over and over, even over the little things, the little things where you, I had three babies. There was a time where I had three in diapers and because my oldest was mm, two, two and a half and she was put, give, bringing me pull-ups <laughs> Because again, she'd been pushed out by her brothers, boom, boom. And so if you don't, and I'm, I'm struggling here. My husband's not really initiating. He's not offering help like I need him to, because I'm not asking him and telling him what I need. So there were many, many times that I was offended, right? So mastering the art of forgiveness is a must before marriage. Please hear me sisters on this one. This is a must. In fact, go back to one of the earlier episodes where I talked about love, like you've never been hurt. This talks, I walk you through the, the whole, the, the stages of offense. I walk you through all of that and literally help you understand how to forgive. So, um, I can't remember what episode it is, maybe two or three, but practice forgiveness and learn how to forgive. Uh, Number 14, learn acceptance. This is a big one because all of us, you know, innately, all of us go into marriage with some level of expectation, all of us. So, but I promise you that your spouse will not live up to every single expectation that you have going into marriage. He won't. He just... You're, he's human. You're human. Um, you know, you're not going to live up to all of his expectations either. And so, um, you know, when you learn to accept who they are now, this goes toward, this really speaks to the courting stages of your relationship as well, because you want to attract someone who is going to love you for you right? Genuinely love your sparkle for who you are and who you are going to become. So if when your spouse offends you, when they get on your nerves and they make you even question why you said I do, you have to know that there is no perfect spouse. There's no perfect spouse. They are only in movies. You know, those ones when you're watching a movie, when you had, you guys are in a tough season in your marriage, you're like, oh, why can't my husband be like that? <laughs> y'all, if y'all real, I told you we were talking about real conversations here, um, that there's no perfect spouse. Practice accepting the little things that make it on your nerves by shifting your perception of these little annoyances and learn to celebrate them. So um, let me think, what can I, so the little annoyances for my husband, you know, his timing for, jokes. Like when he is trying to be funny, his timing stinks. It just is bad. Like 
now's not the time to be funny. And maybe it's because he's uncomfortable because of whatever I'm going through. Maybe emotionally, he's just trying to lighten it up, but this is not the time. So he does, you know, certain things like that, that get on my nerves. Like, hello, pay attention. (laughs) So practice accepting little things that you know, make it on your nerves just by shifting your perception of those annoyances and celebrate them. So I celebrate the fact that my husband wants to be fun. He wants to keep it light. He is, he's funny. We have a very different sense of humor, but yes, he is funny to some people (laughs) because God doesn't make any mistakes. God doesn't make any mistakes. So learn to allow your spouse to be who God created him to be. Now I'm going to give you a little disclaimer or a little warning you know, the little red bar that says warning, this may take years of practice, years of practice, but keep practicing to keep practicing, accepting your spouse, accepting your husband for who they are. Now, like I was saying before, you know, if your husband and who he is, is a product of your intelligent decision, your husband is a product of your intelligent decision. So I can't begin to tell you how many couples I have coached and taken through premarital classes as well as um, just marriage crisis coaching and 99.9, probably 100% of the women, 100% of the women, when they start explaining about the things that get on their nerves, things that really are, are sticking points in their marriages, they all they all say that he was like this before marriage. He did this before marriage. He thought this before marriage. He, and I thought he would change or I thought I would you know, be able to accept it or I thought it would be different when I was married. No, it's not. So those things that are getting on your nerves now before marriage, hello, please address them. Please talk about them and really please be honest with yourself. Can you deal with this? Can you deal with this thing that he does or this, this you know, who he is for the rest of your life. If it never were to change, if he would have never changed in 60 years, would you be okay with it? If the answer is no, then you have another decision to make. Okay. Um, number 15, become a professional interviewer. Yes. (laughs) Um, I feel like I'm a professional interviewer because I ask a lot of questions because It's true, most people like talking about themselves, but more importantly, people love being around people who really care about them. So when you show a genuine interest in getting to know someone, just watch their light turn on. Now, be careful you don't just ask questions to check off the boxes because, um, and that you're really present in the conversation, you're paying attention, you're listening well, you're engaging, you're responding to their answers. Because if you check out during the conversation, he will already, he will know that you really aren't interested. And this may be your last date if you are, <laughs> if you are really wanting to be married and you're single and you're dating. Um, and then also if you talk all about yourself and you don't ask any questions, it may be your last date. And so I actually had a girlfriend who, you know, she is a, she's a superstar powerhouse and, you know, she was dating somebody who was, you know, top notch CEO executive. And so she thought by sharing all of the many things that she does, would be appealing to him, it actually was a turnoff because she talked about herself so much. And as opposed to asking him questions about him 
and genuinely learning about him. Now, ideally, you want a man who's going to reciprocate that and who's going to ask you questions about you. And so you don't just do all the asking of the questions and then just stand there and he doesn't know anything about you. That's a no-no. But um, you do want to make sure that you genuinely ask him questions about him so that you can get to know each other. Number 16, be present and listen well. You know, as we all know, in today's society, we compete with so much noise with the TV on and the music on and the videos and the, oh my goodness, it's just so much. So it's really important to discipline yourself to be present, discipline yourself to be present with these masses, these, um, what do they call it? Mass distractions, telephones, your cell phones are distracting with all the notifications and the blings and the dings and the you know, swooshes, like so distracting. So you have to discipline yourself to be present. Pay attention to what people are sharing because they are sharing things that they find important with you because they value you. And so it's so rude, so rude to be on your phone or watching TV or scrolling Facebook while someone is talking to you, while someone is pouring their hearts out to you. It really is screaming to them, I really don't care what you're saying. It is the rudest thing. That's why you'll see sometimes in um, post offices and certain certain merchants and stores, they'll say, you know, please no cell phones. Take your phone, you know, handle your phone call before you come to the window because it's rude. And why I don't know, why I don't understand why people in society don't realize this, but it is rude. It's rude for somebody to be talking to you and you're having a conversation on the phone. So become more aware of how you interact with the people that you care about. Who this was a big one. When I was um, for newly married, my husband would do this. Oh my gosh, I would be talking to him on the verge of tears and he would maybe watching TV, checking, you know, he might be looking on the down on the floor and then looking up to check the TV, but he wouldn't be looking at me and I'm engaging with him. So we had to work really hard on being present, being present, listening well, him giving me his full attention without him doing something saying, I'm listening, I'm listening, but he wasn't present. He wasn't paying me attention. So this is a a big one. Be present and listen well. Number 17, create trust and confidence. So when creating this safe place for people to trust you, it's important to become vulnerable and transparent with them. I know this, those two words, vulnerable and transparency may give you the heebie-jeebies. It may, you know, make you cringe in your, in your soul. But when you do this, you are letting the person know that you trust them, that you trust them with your heart, which creates this space for them to trust you in return. So this safe place breeds confidence in your relationship, being transparent, being vulnerable. It can be a challenge for most people. And if you're having a hard time trusting others, keep practice, keep practicing Keep sharing small things that matter to you and watch how people respond. This is really a key skill to practicing and forming and developing strong relationships. Because if you desire to be a wife and a mom, you've got to learn to create trust and confidence with your husband. I um, had shared earlier one of the bullets that my husband and I dodged um, um, with his indiscretion and it was 
recreating trust and confidence literally was me being the most vulnerable, the most transparent with him that I have ever been in my life. And it was mutually received with him being just as vulnerable, just as transparent with him. And sometimes the vulnerability or the transparency, I should say, the transparency was painful. You know, when your husband tells you something that is so hard for you to hear, how do you continue to maintain that safe place for him and not flip out or not start breaking down right then and there? Because as soon as some um, your husband is, or your man, your fiance is transparent with you, it's so important for you to maintain that safe place. Don't freak out. Don't flip out. Don't cuss them out. Don't go there because then guess what? Safe place gone instantly, immediately done because you were not able to control your emotions. You were not able to have some level of self-control in hearing something that he was being very transparent and vulnerable about. Key, key, key thing. Create trust and confidence. Number 18. We're almost done, ladies, almost done. Um, protect his reputation. Who they say loose lips sink ships, right? Don't share the details about your relationship with your friends and family. They don't have the ongoing engagement with your boyfriend, fiance, husband. So when you're upset, when you're angry, when you're done with your man, be sure not to air your feelings and emotional tirades with the world. Don't put it all on Facebook. Do not post it everywhere you can. Do not call all your girlfriends and friends and telling them about your what your man did. Because when your husband comes home or your boyfriend, whatever, comes home and apologizes, guess what? All your girlfriends, all of Facebook are now have this certain perception of the, of your man they're mad at him. They don't get the apology. This is like relationship 101. Protect his reputation. Don't share the details about your relationship with families and with family and friends because once you calm down and your emotions stabilize, you kiss and make up. Those people that you've aired your dirty laundry to, they're still on the emotional roller coaster ride. Can you believe he and they have a harder time forgiving the offense. Not to mention, they may start looking at you like you're crazy when <laughs> you, you've forgiven him because you've shared all your tirade, emotional tirades with them. They're like, why does she keep going back to him? So keep, this can be a really serious issue in marriage. So um, you want to get your lips in check before you say, I do. You want to make sure that you create a, um, a very, it's kind of a, like an intimate dream team of women or a woman that wants, has your marriage and their, and your best interest at heart. They're not going to tell you, girl, you better run to the divorce court right now. You better, you know, you better tell him, no, you want a, somebody who is very objective, who can, who can really call you out on your emotional tirade ism <laughs> and, um, but still love you through it and not see your, your spouse differently. This is really key. Um, number 19 Keep the relationship fresh. Like this is a really simple principle. Keep the relationship fresh. The, keep it fresh. Don't allow the routine of life to turn your relationship into being very boring. 
So keep switching things up every now and then. Incorporate some of the activities that you used to do when you first started dating and always keep your relationship fun. Like your future self will thank you for the intentional investment. You got to keep it fun all the time. You know, so do new things. Try new things together. Try a cooking class together. Go roller skating. Um, go rock climbing. You know, like do fun things and and keep it fresh. It really will keep the excitement and the engagement in your marriage. It will you really position you for longevity. So keep the relationship fresh. That's number 19. And number 20, understand shared values and celebrate differences. Understand your share your shared values, but but celebrate the differences. So I know we've talked about this earlier. I know it gets on your nerves when your man does certain things, but it's a part of the package that you absolutely adore. I Again, you said yes. You want to say yes. You say I do for a reason because this is who you love. So, but guess what? We go into marriage with expectations but you want to stop focusing on the annoying things, the annoying habits, the behaviors that totally get on your nerves that you want, makes you want to scream and pull your hair out. (laughs) Don't focus on those. You want to focus on the things that you love about him. And you want to spend time talking about your shared values, your goals, your dreams, and identify and celebrate your differences. You want to thank God for the balance that he brought in your relationship. Let me tell y'all, my husband has taught me how to love unconditionally. Yes, 17 years. He has really taught me. God has used him to teach me unconditional love. He's he's used my husband to teach me how to celebrate our differences. Yes, sometimes it was not easy, but I was committed to it. I was, um, because I want him to, I want him to share and celebrate my differences. I don't want to become a clone of who he wants me to be or what he likes. I want him to celebrate the fact that I drip water when I wash the dishes because I don't have to wash the dishes, right? (laughs) Um, but this is, these are 20 of the things they're probably, oh, I do have one bonus. I'm gonna give this is bonus number 21. Let me tell you, ladies, those of you who really are making commitment to honor God before your marriage and not have any intimacy um, before marriage, God created sex for marriage. So um, if you are wanting to abstain from marriage before you get married, and, and you know, it's a struggle. It's hard. It's like, oh my gosh, Lord, when can we get married, right? The enemy is stirring that up. When you get married, let me tell you, when you get married, it's like all of that passion and desire for some, it literally flies out the window, right? So just so you know, when you get married, you need to have regular intimate, physical time with your husband. I can't begin to tell you how many wives I've had to tell, um, you need to have sex with your husband. Like, why are you not having sex with your husband? Oh, I don't feel like it. Oh, he gets on my nerves. Oh, I'm tired. Oh, what? Hello? When you become a wife, this is 
a responsibility. This becomes part of your responsibility. Please don't think that you can become a wife and be happily married without engaging in regular ongoing sex and intimacy with your husband. You won't make it. I'm telling you now. And so this is the bonus. This is bonus number 21. Just know that when you become a wife, you need to have regular ongoing sex with your spouse. So those are my 20 things I wish I knew before I got married. I really hope that you guys had fun with me as much fun as I did sharing them with you. I know it was a lot, right? I know it was like you guys are at the end of the fire hose and I know it was just like, however, what you guys will thank me later. You may thank me, please. You know, if you are listening to this before you get married and then you get married and you experience these, experience these things, I really want to hear from you. So those are my 20 things that I wish that I knew before I got married. It would have changed many of the experiences that I've had in my marriage, in my relationship, in my engagement and interaction with my husband. And I'm just sharing, I'm sharing these with you so that I can reduce the learning curve for you. So you don't have to go through all the ups and downs that I did, especially if you are coachable and you're teachable and you really want to learn from my mistakes. These will, these 20 plus the one bonus, 21 things will really help you in your marriage. But thank you so much for joining us always every Monday at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time with um, this new podcast. Love you. Talk to you next week. Wow, 20 things I wish I knew before I said I do. Woo, I know that was a lot, sisters, I know. But to show y'all just how much I love you, I have created a free download of all of the 20 things, plus a little worksheet for you to ask yourself some tough questions about each of the points. So, Go to bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash wife material checklist. That's bit.ly forward slash wife material checklist to get the free download and for you to start doing what you need to do to prepare to have the best marriage that you possibly can, whether you want to get married and you have not started marriage yet or you are already married and you really just need to shift some things in the right direction if you know what I mean (laughs) but thank you so much for listening to today's podcast I appreciate you all so much for listening and sharing this with others and as you know I would love to hear from you please shoot me an email on how this podcast has encouraged you, even in your own relationships and marriage. You can reach me at hello at mrschristyjones.com or you can go to my website, mrschristyjones.com. I also want to invite you to follow us on Instagram at Wife Wisdom Podcast. And remember, we upload new, uh, new podcasts every Monday by 8 a.m. Eastern time 
where, and we're also getting ready to launch some really cool programs for you ladies. So please go to bit.ly join wife wisdom to get on the list, to be notified of upcoming programs, events, and special webinars. Also you, if you're an iPhone user and listen to our podcast on iTunes, can I ask you a favor? Could you please rate and review us on iTunes? You could also subscribe to the wife wisdom podcast via iTunes iTunes or Spotify so that you're notified of new and upcoming episodes. So thank you again so much for listening to the Wife Wisdom Podcast. I hope and pray that you were encouraged, inspired, and supported as you cultivate your heart as a wife. The Wife Wisdom Podcast with Christy Little-Jones was created to help you cultivate the heart of a wife by giving you practical tools, tips, and techniques to live happily ever after. Well, at least most of the time. (laughs) So until next week, keep learning, keep listening, and keep love first. Bye-bye.